Welcome to S2 Underground, a freelance intelligence agency fighting terrorism, fake news, and political tyranny around the world. I'm the trouble starter, punkin' instigator. Alright, ladies, gentlemen, and the ever-popular right now N95 respirators, welcome back to the Underground. So this week we've got kind of a special episode for you. Um, going to be doing a, an unscripted episode talking about our uh, communication systems that we use here at the Underground, as well as how you can set up communications for your own family, uh, co-workers, whatever you need. So let's get right to it. So they say that necessity is the mother of invention, but really what that phrase should say is war is the mother of invention. Um, and that's because a lot of things, when you think about it, really come from the you know hard times and the needs of a you know world at war so a lot of things like medicine uh, other technologies particularly communications uh, have come about from military innovation during time of warfare so uh, this is where the pace plan was created now our military guys i'm sure this is kind of a a topic that you know a lot about so um, forgive us if we're kind of you know rehashing uh, what a pace plan is, because I know that we have written pace plans on PowerPoints now for, I don't know, damn near two decades now, so um, it gets kind of redundant at times. But for those who don't know, uh, the pace plan, uh, it stands for Primary, Alternate, Contingency, and Emergency. Um, and it is a way to, it is a set plan of how you're going to maintain communications. Now, in a military unit, this is, of course, means maintain communication with each other, maintain communication between squads uh, from a unit that's outside the wire back to their talk or jock or whatever they're using um, so that they can, you know, ensure that everything is handled uh, appropriately. Um, but in a larger sense, for the civilian market, you don't really have to worry about warfare, right? So uh, a pace plan for the civilian world is going to be very helpful for ensuring communications during times of emergency like you know a fire or flood or something where communications may be hampered or in today's society we kind of have to worry about different things like um, you know surveillance uh, things like uh, you know red flag warrants going out that you don't really know about things like that it's kind of a, a different concern now in the civilian market that we didn't have years past or at least it wasn't as widespread as it is today so human beings have been communicating with, with each other for millennia, uh, you know, thousands of years. Humans have been communicating and, and devising ways to quickly get messages from one person to another. Um, but to us, the pace plan, you know, structure really shines because it's simple, it's easy, and uh, it's really, if it's meant for warfare where things have to be no failure, have to work every time, um, the pace plan really does shine. So the pace plan for maybe the civilian market is maybe a little bit much, um, but it, it's definitely something that you need to think about. Um, so I've got some kind of guideline notes here because it's kind of a lot to talk about. So I'll go down the list of how the S2 Underground's pace plan is uh, set up so that we can stay on the air and so that we can continue to bring... Uh, intelligence updates wherever we are in the world, really, no matter what happens. Um, so primarily, if we go down the P, you know, Pace Plan Primary, our primary form of communication with you guys and uh, for you guys to communicate with us is social media. 
so our Instagram direct uh, message line, you know, uh, the DMs plus uh, Instagram, you know, has a live feature, um, which we will use uh, if need be. Uh, that's usually our primary source of getting intelligence. If you have to submit something, uh, do it through there. Or, um, which is becoming more popular right now, thankfully, is our Discord server. So we've set up a Discord server. As of today, we've got around 100 people in it or so. Um, and that is really a, a sort of conglomeration of all kinds of things. You've got uh, live updates on the coronavirus. You've got um, uh, strategic news, you know, general... Uh, you know, general intelligence items, and we've even set up, a, which has been pretty popular lately, a, basically a, an Intel 101 uh, cha- uh, channel so that uh, we can kind of educate people out there who don't have an Intel background how they can be better assets uh, to themselves as well as to us. So that's our primary, which would be social media. Now, alternately, uh, this is a little odd, but um, the, the alternate in a PACE plan has to be a form of communication that is just as reliable and easy to use as the primary source. So for us, this is VHF radio. So um, if we get taken offline or if something happens to both Instagram, we're, you know, we, we walk that fine line of being banned every day on Instagram. So if that gets shut down, we'll switch to Discord. And if both of those go down simultaneously, well, then we've got maybe a little bit ser- more serious of a problem. Um, so that's when we're going to jump into VHF radio. Now, um, what we recommend, uh, not because they paid us or anything, but because we've had extensive use with these, is a Baofeng radio. Uh, these are hugely popular throughout the prepper and emergency preparedness community. Um, because they're extremely cheap, they're extremely easy to use, um, but there are a, a couple of cons, right? So, for the most part, Baofeng radios require a license to operate, uh, meaning you have to take a test, a written test, uh, in person with you know representatives uh, of the FCC, and you have to pass that test or else you can't get a license. And once you have a license, you can only stick to certain bands and certain frequencies, and um, it's kind of it's kind of complicated. So, so on YouTube there are a, uh, a quite a few channels that will um, not quite recommend, but heavily imply just getting a Baofeng radio and broadcasting without uh, getting a call sign, um, without getting a license from the FCC, and trust us. Um, at this stage in the game, it's pretty hard to do so. So if you guys think that <laughs> the uh, ATF rules for firearms are complex and ridiculous, then you have not read or interacted very much with ham radio enthusiasts. Let me tell you something. So I, I love the ham radio community. I absolutely do. But um, there are a, a few people out there who are still kind of stuck in you know the 1930s and 40s um, mentality where... Uh, any sort of breach of stipulation of the rules, basically they'll try to direction find your ass and hunt you down. So uh, just keep in mind that if you're not using a call sign, you expect somebody out there to, to hit you up and, and try to talk with you and, and and try to ask for your call sign. So just keep that in mind. Now, obviously right now we're in kind of a national state of emergency, so the rules are a little bit different. But um, even so, moving away from the, the you know, getting a call sign 
and getting a license from the FCC, uh, Balfang radios technically, technically by the rules, they're not allowed to be operated in the U.S. Um, they have a different tolerance. They're not licensed by the FCC, at least to the best of our knowledge. And for the most part, they go over the wattage required for, you know, radios. That's why the radios, you you, you know, you go to any sort of sporting goods store and um, buy the, like, the little Midland radios that are, you know, in a clamshell pack off the shelf. Those are good, but those are, are you know, made under very strict tolerances and things like that, whereas Baofengs are just made in China. So, um Usually among real ham radio enthusiasts who spend thousands of dollars and usually make up the majority of the ham radio community, um, Baofengs are kind of a taboo thing to own. Now, of course, nobody will ever know that you're using a Baofeng unless you tell them, um, but that's that's kind of a different point. So, you know, all of that said in mind, I don't want to dissuade anybody from getting a license. Um, it definitely, the, the radio community and... and Hams in general are usually a very, very good group of people, and a very, it's a very valuable skill set to have. However, there are some frequencies in the U.S. to where you can broadcast on, and you don't need a license. For instance, one of them is MERS, the Multi-Use Radio Service. Um, this was created by the FCC as a series of, I think, five or six different frequencies that are set aside for license for use. So a lot of times... Uh, the radios that are used for businesses and you know things like stock rooms and even ambulance services and things like that. Um, companies that aren't quite affiliated with the government but they do have sort of an official role will use MERS actually. Um, unfortunately, uh, things are still illegal to use on MERS technically frequencies uh, due to MERS frequencies are limited to 2 watts of power where things are usually around 5 to 8 watts depending on which version you get. And also radios that use MERS, they're required to be uh, locked down so they can't transmit on any other frequency. Whereas Baofengs, you can transmit on many, many other frequencies. Um, so, you know, once again, we, we're not encouraging anything illegal, but nobody can tell there you, you're using a Baofeng on a MERS frequency. And especially if you dial it back down to 2 watts, you're, you're staying well within the law and... To be honest, nobody really cares and nobody can really tell. So that's just something to sort of keep in mind. Um, we might have a whole other separate ep episode on just VHF and ham radio, but that's kind of what we use. So we use VHF radio as our alternate form of communication because it's easy. We're able to do it, you know, quasi-legally, um, and it's quite effective. Uh, so we we highly recommend having those. Plus... You don't need a license to listen. So if there are, you know, ham radio operators and repeater towers in your area, dial up, dial them up on the Baofeng and just listen in. You'll get a lot of good intel from your local guys and your local network. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, let's see here. So moving, uh, moving right along to contingency. Um, now contingency, this is where we're starting to get into the realm of, oh shit, there's some kind of something's going on um, so uh, this is you move to your contingency when your primary method of communication has failed your your alternate form of communication has failed and now you're down to your contingency so for us here at the underground this is going to be Gmail 
Um, it works uh, with a lot of different things. Um, usually the internet connection anywhere in the US is gonna be pretty good, um, even on smartphones and burner phones. Um, so if our internet connection goes out, um, something seriously bad has happened, and then we'll, we'll talk about how we're gonna move on through that later. So also our um, satellite phones work with email, so we're able to um, use our sat phones uh, later, which is what we'll talk about here in just a second. But um, there is a, another part to the contingency that we're kind of working on right now, which is uh, the Gotenna system. So if you haven't heard of Gotenna, um, they came on the market a few years ago, but have since then sort of exploded in popularity. Um, and we more recently uh, used a few of their products in some conflict areas that we can't quite mention. Um, but so Gotenna does have the you know military sort of SOCOM contract for the pro version of their tool, but the civilian sector has this thing, uh, this device called the Gotenna Mesh. So we highly recommend that you go and just Google Gotenna Mesh and you'll see what we're talking about. And uh, for those of you who have no idea what the hell this is, this is basically a mesh network. It's a small little device that looks kind of like a, a power brick for your phone. Um, and it connects to your phone via, via Bluetooth. And what it does is it has an app, you have an app on your phone, and you're able to, once this device is connected via Bluetooth to your phone, you're able to communicate with anybody else who has that device within a certain range. So if you have a group of people, like your family, and everybody's got one, and it's turned on and connected to your phone, even if the cell phone towers go down, even if your internet gets shut off, even if you're using this with a phone that doesn't even have a legal or you know phone number or internet on it, you can still communicate with everybody else in the group. For us, the pros of this are obvious, right? It's a, it's a good grid down, or maybe you're in an area where the grid is not great, like you're hiking in the mountains or something like that, where there's really no cell phone towers. Um, it's a whole nother system. So you're cr basically creating your own network. You have your own cell phone tower in your pocket, essentially. Um, so based on what we can tell, it's also really, really, really secure. Um, you can set, you don't have to use a US phone number to set it up. You can generate a uh, random ID and uh, that way you can stay as anonymous as you'd like. You never have to put your name in it if you don't want. Um, it's also extremely easy to use and that keeps going back to sort of why a pace plan is in existence. You want your methods, uh, especially the contingency and emergency methods, to be extremely easy and reliable to use. Um, which the Gotenna uh, does conform to. Um, also, Gotenna, for some of my uh, <laughs> uh, more high, far more high-speed dudes than me, know that you can plug in the pro version of the Gotenna with ATAC. So your sort of gods of the battlefield, your JTACs and your TACPs can um, have a Gotenna mesh on an, on an aircraft, on a fixed-wing bird, and control the battle space from that and see where everybody else is in real time. The same feature, a little bit more limited of course, is available for civilians. So Gotenna has this feature where um, you could automatically share your location with your you know, contact group. And uh, if you're all within range of one another, you can see where each other is at on the map. And to us, that is absolutely crucial, especially, and it's you know more or less required for you know modern operations on the battlefield nowadays. But for civilian uses, it's also extremely handy to have. Um, 
Also, it's uh, the GoTenna device. Uh, the actual way it works is packet radio, APRS radio. So um, it, that in and of itself is very hard to jam. It's very short, like burst comms. So it's going to be very hard to jam, hard to intercept, and it's all encrypted. So that's that's a good thing. Um, let's see here, moving down the list. Uh, also, uh, you can, if you have an extra one, like uh, we've got here, here at the... Um, they're sort of, for lack of a better term, headquarters. We've got one set up uh, way up in the top of the attic, and that is serving as a relay. Um, so you go into the app and you click relay, and it will turn that device into a relay to broadcast um, and, and relay mesh devices together. And what this means is, say you're, you've got a relay at the top of a hill and two people on other sides of the hill, it works just like a repeater tower. So you send a message, it goes to the relay, and then out to whoever needs it. And the cool part about it is it's not just for your group. Um, anybody who has a GoTenna device turned on and is functioning will serve as their own personal relay. So basically... It is a real, more or less, a real cell tower technology. So you've got other people who can spring through your device and bump off of it uh, up to six times, and um, uh, so that they can get a message out of you know to the best possible, you know, largest, widest possible group. So I know this is kind of you know, jargonish and very kind of hard to understand. But if you go to the GoTenna website, they do a far better. Uh, job at describing what their product does because it's kind of hard to you know explain what it does in a podcast but hopefully it wasn't uh, confusing enough um, but yeah so the GoTenna device is really good unfortunately there are still a few cons so it's sort of finicky um, it's far less finicky than any other comparable system or ham radio it's it's like you just have an app and you have a device to carry around that's it um, but the biggest con is, honestly, that it's expensive as hell. Um, right now, each GoTenna device is $70 a piece, and you have to buy them in a two-pack. Um, also, there's a yearly subscription if you want some of the more advanced ATAC-like features. Um, that's a, You have to get a pro account, which is like 10 bucks a year. So it's not that much, but it's still kind of an expense you have to have. So... Yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. That if you have the means, like we recently uh, made the jump to the GoTenna type system and kind of invested in that infrastructure, and it certainly um, is a good thing. It certainly does work quite well. All right, and so finally we come to the E, the emergency category uh, of the PACE plan. And if you've ever read or written a con op for a military operation, uh, the pace plan slide usually will have many E's. You have pace and then like E, um, because there are, you can add as many emergency levels of comms as you want. So um, we just have kind of, we, and we have many here that we'll list. So firstly, uh, here at the underground, our uh, first one is Garmin inReach. So if you haven't heard of this uh, software uh, um, and sort of system within Garmin, uh, this is people that make the GPSs. Uh, they have taken uh, technology that sort of came onto the market a few years ago and made it so much better that it is now quite literally part of military operations in many parts of the world. So, for instance, uh, many people have heard of the spot messengers that came out a few years ago. Uh, it's the same technology for Garmin. So, 
Uh, we, like my personal one, I have the Garmin GPS Map 66i, uh, which is a standard Garmin GPS, but it also serves as a satellite messenger. So once you subscribe and get set up with an account, you can send messages for free to every other person that has an inReach, and you can send text messages for um, via satellite to any cell phone in the world um, for a very small fee. And you can also send emails to, well, it's not really quite like an email, it's still like text-based, but you can send text to an email, um, to any email account, so that if you're you know, you're stuck in an area where you can't have your personal cell phone, if you know what I mean, um, you can still send messages to people via email. And they can reply via email to the device, which is quite handy. Now, obviously, the biggest con would be that for some a device like this is that it's expensive. Um, the device itself costs about 600 bucks, so the price for a, a decent optic for your gun um, and you're gonna have to uh, have also a monthly subscription fee, so uh, I th I can't remember the prices off the top of my head, but it's around like a hundred bucks a year I think, and there there are of course different price brackets. You can go on Garmin's website and and find out what exactly the price brackets are. Um, but the cool part about it is that it also has an emergency beacon setting so that you can. Um, if you get into some seriously bad, like if you get attacked by a bear out in the back, back country and you have to be, like, you're by yourself and you can't move, you just hit the SOS button and quite literally the um, personnel recovery office will come and get you. <laughs> they will communicate back with you, find out exactly what it is, and they'll send a team out to come and get you. And you can have, uh, also, if you have one of these devices, you can get several insurance plans through Geos, who works through Garmin. Um, so that you can get things like, you know, hostage rescue insurance, uh, you know, uh, global injury. Um, I think the insurance plan I've got through them cost, uh, I think, another 100 bucks a year. But basically, if I hit that SOS button in any country on the earth and I'm injured, they will fly me back on a private medical jet back to the U.S. and put me up in a hospital, which is closest to my place of residence. So, you know, obviously that's something, it's not really something for everybody, but if people are out there who are doing, you know, contracting work or, or you know, OCONIS type work where your employer doesn't necessarily have these capabilities, um, it, it's, it's damn near required uh, for jobs like that. So that's why I got mine and that's why... Um, uh, I think I've kind of stuck with it over the years because it's it's really kind of a cheap thing. Um, another thing that um, I haven't quite invested in yet, but our um, our tech guy has uh, sort of invested in is an Iridium Sat phone. So of course the you know satellite phone uh, technology is still about ten years behind the technology curve. And it is extraordinarily expensive. You're talking for the phone itself, you're maybe two grand uh, minimum for a good sat phone. Um, also, it has an exorbitant monthly fee. I think he pays around, um, I wish I had asked him earlier, but I think he pays around like 65 or 70 bucks a month. And that pays for, I think, 30 minutes of talk time. Um, and of course, I think text messages are like 50 cents a piece. So it's extraordinarily expensive. However, is anybody who's had to use a sat phone for professional use, um, if you know what I'm saying, 
uh, it's invaluable. <laughs> you, you, it, it, there's nothing quite like being out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, things are rapidly going sideways and you've got to uh, have a, uh, an in-person phone call to somebody who can uh, help you out. There's nothing quite like an Iridium sat phone. So that technology is expensive, not because the technology itself is expensive. Um, satellite, con- satellite phone constellations are actually going up right now as we speak to bring down the cost. But the reason it's expensive is because the people that can afford it are the people that have the need for it. So um, that is definitely an emergency type of communication. So something like a Garmin InReach or another type of satellite messenger, we've checked out quite a few other satellite messengers in the Garmin InReach system. Specifically, their brand new one, the GPS Map 66i is probably the best you're going to be able to get and still not pay you know for for what it is um and it's it's extraordinarily good so i would heavily advise checking that out um so some other emergency options you know the other ease on the pace plan if you wanted to expand it out are things like cb radio um channel 9 is the universal CB channel for emergencies. In fact, a lot of radios have a special channel 9 switch that you can switch and it, you'll always be monitoring channel 9. Um, unfortunately, it's uh, the range is usually pretty garbage. That's why it's usually refined to um, vehicles. And the fact that it is very rare nowadays to kind of find somebody with a CB handheld. So just, you know, if you do a lot of traveling on the road or, or have a vehicle and want to drop 40 bucks on a CB radio and install it, you know that would probably be a good idea. I mean, I've got one. Well, we've I think we've all got one here. Our ops officer, yeah, he's he's not he's nodding at me right now, and uh, so we we've all got CB radios in our vehicles just because it's cheap and easy to do. Um, right, so let's see here. You want on the list? Um, all right. So yeah, another another um, good type of system would be some kind of aviation radio. So. International aviation frequency is 121.50 megahertz, and uh, a lot of uh, online radios, like we've mentioned before, um, online place scan radios will also include a tab for aviation. But um, a lot of like weather radios will sometimes have aviation channels. So great range, obviously. Um, bad news is you're pretty much going to be listen only. Um, unless you're one of those high-speed dudes that has a civilian frequency-capable ground-to-air handheld, which is rare. Um, it might be a little bit out of people's range, so that's why it's kind of in the E category. It's kind of rare. All right, so another type of uh, technology, if you want to call it that, is the good old-fashioned runner. So carrying foot messages on foot is basically as old as time. As long as people have been running, we've been carrying messages back and forth. Um, nowadays, it's referred to as uh, the good old sneaker net, uh, you know, a combination of sneaker and internet. Um, the, the bad news is with, you know, using a runner for your uh, emergency comms is that it's extraordinarily dangerous because uh, you're putting a human being out there carrying messages back, you know, from post to post or from house to house, you know, or town to town. Um, it's also extremely short range. Uh, the good news is, is that if you have a person carrying your messages, a person can carry a message plus things like medical supplies, ammunition. So, you know, anybody who's ever been in the military for longer than five seconds knows what it's like to be a runner, and usually you get more than one job. So, uh, runners will always be around as a form of communication between, 
neighborhoods between you know military units is just a thing that's it's going to continue on for a long time so another type of communication is a little bit more secret squirrel uh, than the others but things like chalk marks and dead drops so a good example of this is you know uh, back during the height of the cold war east west berlin uh things like uh, one of the common things that would happen is you place a, a dead drop which is a, you know a small message or things like microfilm or photos or something a small package you hide that in a in a predetermined place and use a chalk mark like on a, a light pole or or something like that to delineate that something is there or use a, a mark on something to delineate hey we need to meet so uh, one of the good old classic spy type methods was to put a chalk mark on things like a light pole. And, uh, you know, say you're on your way to work, you say, figure, hey, I need to meet with my handler, or I need to meet with my asset or, or whatever. I'm going to put a chalk mark on this uh, particular light pole. And as the other person walks by it, because they're going to be walking by it every day on their way to their work or something like that, they'll see it. They'll check for it every single day. And as soon as they see that, they will, you know, either do what they got to do, either meet or know that there's a package at, you know, underneath this, this park bench or something like that. Updated, for lack of a better term, for the modern world are things like windshield visors. A lot of people don't think about this, but... If you've got a, a vehicle which and it's you know parked in your driveway uh, or parallel, parallel parked on the street, what you could do is is uh, put up or down the driver's side or the passenger side windshield windshield sunscreen the visor, and that could be a message. So when it's parked, and you could even have things like a small bit of paper or something on one of the visors. Like a colored piece of paper that looks just like a you know scrap of paper you kind of tucked in there, but in actuality it's a, a message uh, to meet up or hey there's you know a magnetic box underneath this car that I need to get the message from or something like that. Um, it's a little bit you know a little bit more high speed uh, or or low speed depending on how you look at it, um, but it's the most covert form of communication that we can think of. Um, it's also easy and cheap to do, uh, although it's vastly more complex um, in its you know nature. So just you know keep in mind that is something that you could do is you know as far as hey, you know I think they're on to me. <laughs> you know if you're you know um, doing some less than scrupulous things, the good old fashioned dead drop and chalk marks uh, is just kind of a, a loose term that we use to talk about all of these methods. So another good method is the good old-fashioned VS-17 or similar type panel. Um, once again, yet another military tool. Um, it is The VS-17 is used for a variety of purposes, mostly for, for marking things, obviously. Uh, however, in the civilian world, it could be used for emergencies. Uh, for instance, if you spray paint the word help, uh, on one side and, you know, drape it on your roof during times of flood or earthquake or hurricane or something like that. You know, aviation assets, believe it or not, uh, aviation assets from either your your local PD um, or your local county rescue, they have aerial assets and they will be looking. And you can see a VS-17 from the sky and it is quite bright. So um, just something to sort of keep in mind that, hey, VS-17s are not just for marking Humvees and things like that. 
So I know this is a lot of information to process, and we realize that there's it's going to take a lot of work to do something this extensive for yourself and your family. Um, even we core staff here at the underground have a hard time getting our families to understand this sort of thing. So something even as simple as having a coordinated time and place to meet up if your cell phone battery dies would be super helpful. Something as small as that. Um, or when, when I was growing up, my parents had a, a code word that we all used um, so that if an emergency had happened and they couldn't pick me up from school, they had to send somebody else to pick me up. Um, I would ask the person, basically, it was a form of a challenge code, um, that asked them, you know, the family password. Um, and if they knew it, you know, I would, I would be good to go with them. And if, and if not, then I would, you know, obviously contact some kind of authority, you know, at the school. You know, nowadays, school security is a thing. <laughs> it actually exists now, so that, that probably doesn't kind of carry over to modern times is a good example. But creating a family password is still a good idea, just because you never know when it could be handy to have. Um, even something as simple as that can be a very strong core for your family's communications plan, uh, especially in times of emergency. So that's all we've got for today. Uh, thanks for listening to me ramble on for half an hour or so about communications and what we do here. Um, and just keep in mind that these, this is the comm plan we have for the S2 Underground. Um, having using the technologies we have, you know, at our disposable, you notice that you know a cell phone wasn't on our pace plan. Well, that's because our cell phone numbers, you know, are tied to our you know real names, so we can't maintain anonymity with those. Same thing with sat phones and you know Garmin in inreach devices. That's why they're towards the bottom of the list. But if you're trying to maintain communications with you know your family or or your coworkers. Uh, things might shift around a little bit. Uh, this is just what works for us, so obviously you'll have to figure out what works for you. Um, ha being a, uh, a covert-ish uh, intelligence agency, uh, we have to maintain you know, anonymity at really all costs. So that's kind of how we and why we have things arranged the way we do. So you know, once again, that's, that's really all we've got. Um, thanks for uh, your support so far. It's been a, a wild ride so far, and we continue to have uh, big plans for the future. So uh, one of those plans that kind of came to light this week is uh, we've launched a, a store for our merch. So if you're looking to support us here, uh, go ahead and check out the link, which will be posted below. And it's also on our Instagram page right in the bio there. So uh, if you're interested in checking things out, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty much our number one way that we, we get support here. And uh, if you can't do that, at least tell your friends about us and spread the word about S2 Underground. That, that uh, also helps get the word out uh, of the work we're doing. So um, with that, we'll be signing off here. And as always, you guys know it, fight the shade. S2 Actual out.